What's up, everybody? Welcome to Draft Chaff. This is episode number 15, and today we're doing a full live Zendikar Rising draft. But before that, I'm Zach, and joining me as always is Ben Fisher. What's up, Ben? Not much, man. As of today, we're recording a little bit early. We're recording on Monday, and those that are following Standard know that today was a BNR announcement, so bye bye Uro. That being said, I predict that by the time this episode releases, as you're listening on Friday or the weekend, that Wizards will have released another statement or banning or something because, yikes, Standard is just a steaming hot pile of garbage right now. I would be surprised, but then I've been listening to Magic anything for the last two years, and Standard just has been almost unplayable since basically we got back to Ravnica. So. Yeah, so I, I don't know if we're going to see another banning this week, but I, I predict we'll get at least an announcement of an announcement or something like that. That is Watsi's MO. Well, like I said, this week we're talking Zendikar Rising, the full live draft. Uh, before we get to that, though, we have to plug our sponsor. MTGA Zone is your top destination for all Magic the Gathering arena articles, community, decks, news, and more. They have plenty of content for constructed and limited players alike from top top archetypes to theory articles and much more so head on over there for your fix of magic content absolutely love it i check them out every day do the same we also have a really awesome growing discord uh the link for that can be found in the episode description as well as on our twitter page at draft chaff pod uh we've been having lots of cool discussions there we've got channels for znr decks as well as quick drafts and other formats and trophy decks and all sorts of things we've also got people putting together games to practice drafts It's been great. Everybody's having a good time over there. So check that out if that's your cup of tea. And likewise, if you're interested in giving back to the show in sort of another level, check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash draft chaff pod for more details on that. All right, Ben, we've got a crack and draft type thing, but I hear you have something kind of special for us today. What's going on? That's right. So I stopped by my local game store. I picked up a pre-release pack, which I'll probably be cracking later down the line. But you know what they stuck in my bag? A Zendikar Rising promo pack. Now, I'm not going to lie. I don't actually know what's in this. Like, I was just about this, to ask you that because I don't know either. Like I, I, there were a bunch of announcements about the different products from Rising. And, and there was one thing where they were talking about cards from some kind of mysterious list. Then they were talking about something where there's certain packs that are seeded with different stuff from the set. I don't, I don't even know. Let's just open it. Sure. Are we doing this like a normal traditional like draft pick or... Well, uh, it's a very small pack. It feels like there's maybe two or three cards in here. I just figured okay. we'd open this since uh, we're not doing the usual crack a draft type thing and we're, we're you yeah, know, we're drafting an draft. entire thing. So let's see what's actually in here. Wow, okay. So first up, we've got Archpriest of Iona. That's one white for an X2 human cleric. Archpriest of Iona's power is equal to the number of creatures in your party. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party, target creature gets 1-1 one, one and gains flying until end of turn. This is a great card. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a few opportunities to play with it and against it. It's been good. Uh, it's a solid little one one mana card. Uh, I haven't actually turned on the full party with it before, but I, I assume if you do, it's pretty great. Yeah, full party in just about any scenario is great. And it looks like a, it's got like a nice little silver Planeswalker stamp on it. Looks oh, nice. to be about like, I count four cards in this pack. So let's see what's up next. Wow, this is a this is a pack full all stars. We've got a promo art royal eruption. This is one in red for a sorcery. It is kicker five, and it deals three damage to any target. If it was kicked, it deals five damage instead. Yeah, great card, top red common, and it's mm-hmm. fancy art too, so that's cool. Yeah, it's got it's got the special border, um, it's, you know, like the, where it's more red and it has the planeswalker thing in the mm-hmm. background. Let's see what's next. What the heck? Wishclaw talisman. <laughs> that's, that's not, not even in the set. set. <laughs> Well, this is one on the black for an artifact. It enters with three wish counters on it. You can pay one, tap it, remove a wish counter to search your library for a card and put it in your hand and then shuffle. And then an opponent gets it and you can activate this only during your turn. What the heck is going on here? Why is there a wish called Talisman in this pack? I have no idea, but hold on to that because I think I'm running that in my new Kenrith deck and I'll snatch that from you. Oh, absolutely. I'll send it right over. And uh, last but not least, an arena code. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, I don't know what this does, but I assume it probably unlocks a few packs. Do I smell Uh, a giveaway? The code is X. uh, (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Do I smell a giveaway? Yeah, why not? I don't know what this does. So let's just give this away to, I don't know. Do we have any patrons yet? We don't. Um, Let's let's circle back on that. Ben and I will will talk. You'll hear from us either next week or over Twitter or in the Discord or all three of those things about details on how you might be able to win this snazzy arena code. 
I mean, I definitely want to start doing more giveaways and the more resources we have to give away, uh, the more we can start doing that. So yeah, sure. I'll toss this in a, in a pile somewhere and see how it goes. Sounds good to me. That leads us into our Teferi Tybalt section for the week. For those who are new or haven't haven't checked this out before, uh, this is kind of a segment where Ben and I just talk about what went well and what went poorly this week for us. Not necessarily in magic. Often it is, but sometimes it's just life as well. Kind of gives you guys a, a taste of what's going on with us. Uh, I guess I'll start us off. My Teferi this week is that, and I, I, I think Ben's is similar, uh, I finally got to play some paper magic. We we jammed some uh, spell table this weekend and had a great time. I missed my Ozymania deck really, really badly. Uh, for those who don't know, that's an EDH deck that I put together called, uh, I call it Ozymania, and it runs uh, Zindersplit and Okaun as the, the partner commanders, and the whole deck is just based around chaos. It runs cards that just completely manipulate the board and all sorts of wild, random nonsense, lots of coin flipping, and it's easily my favorite deck I've ever built, so that was a lot of fun, and the other the other folks got a real kick out of that deck too oh yeah we did I, i'm pretty sure every like bulk rare enchantment ever printed in red was just like directly shot right into your deck wasn't it pretty close to it and most of them are like six plus cmc so <laughs> it's it's expensive and it's hilarious all the cards have like massive blocks of text on them so that everybody even me like having played the deck a, a whole bunch of times i still have to read almost all the cards it's <laughs> it's uh yeah it's a thing but it's a lot of fun my tip this week is that my wife and i've been trying to get a dog for a while like almost a month now Ooh. And we finally found one that seemed suitable. We've been we've been applying. I, I want to adopt personally. I'd rather adopt than go to a breeder. And mm-hmm. we found one that seemed suitable online via like an individual, not a shelter or a rescue. And yeah. we've been through a number of rescues. We've just been having a hard time. Like I'm in the, the New York area, so there are tons of people looking for dogs. And it can be really hard to hear back from people just because they get swamped. So we finally found one that looked suitable for us. And everything was going well. And then all of a sudden today they were like, oh, we can't do like an online payment system. Like we can't do PayPal or something. We need cash. And it's not they're not asking for a little amount of money. And they just it's starting to fall apart. It kind of seems like it's a scam at this point. So we're kind of disappointed about that. I mean, the big question is what kind of dog are you trying to get? Honestly, I really want a pit or a staffy mix, but uh, my building doesn't allow them. So at this point, anything in like the hound group, I want like a medium sized dog, like 30 to 40 pounds. Hannah doesn't really want anything massive because she's a rather small person. So she's worried about getting like <laughs> toppled over and stuff. But just after that, though, I found uh, a litter of border collies that need homes. So we might pick hmm. one of them up. Uh, we have to talk about it. But yeah, it, it was just like we were both very, very excited to to get this sort of momentum going. And then all of a sudden it's like, uh, maybe not. And that kind of uh, sucks. Yeah. Well, it doesn't work out. There's there's always plenty of dogs, you know? Yeah, that's true. So well, uh, what's up with you? Yeah, okay, let's see. I'll start with my Tybalt, my, my, my low point. I was I was kicking myself a little bit over this one. I had a, a sick red-black party deck, which is, I think, one of the best decks in the format. And I punted my way out of a uh, out of a trophy. I had that, that 6-2 record. And I was swinging for approximately lethal. I cast Shatter Skull Charger. Uh, that's the, the rare. Uh, it's like a big giant comes in with haste uh, and it gets bounced to your hand unless you kick it and i i decided to cast that kick it and attack my opponent down to one and i decided not to use thundering rebuke on the relic robber which is the rare that's a it's a little goblin and when it deals damage to you it gives you like a little t- uh, totem token that pings you it's so funny yeah they actually top decked shatter skull minotaur and they, they had just enough lands for it and swung for exactly lethal if I had mm. killed their their relic robber, they wouldn't have been able to cast the Shatter Skull because they would have had one few lands. I think they're at five because uh, Shatter Skull is six, I believe, w- without the reduction. So it, it, all I had to do was, it, and I think it was close. I don't even know if it was a misplay, but had I instead just been a little more patient, it was. Re- I was really tired. It was like one a.m. <laughs> I was like, all right, I want to. I want to end this game and go to bed. If I had instead just rebuked their uh, their rogue, they wouldn't have been able to cast their haste guy, and I would have lived <laughs> yeah so, that sucks feels bad man yeah oh well uh, i mean i got the gems back i'm just gonna go on to the next ones and uh my teferi was definitely playing some paper magic for once so i got to bust out one of my personal favorite creations selvala explorer return which is for those that don't know a parley deck she taps for kind of mana and kind of life but when you tap selvala each player flips the top card of the library and then i get green mana and life equal to the number of non-land permanents. 
So the more players, the better. And I haven't had a chance to play with Commander with like three other people in so long. So I had to whip it out and, and have some fun with it. Of course, uh, I did get my board Cyclonic Rifted and wiped and shuffled into my deck and chaos everything. And it, it was still a pretty fun time for me. I got to cast some big angels and do some nonsense. Yeah, it was a good time. Right. So uh, let's do some listener questions for this week. Uh, you want to start with the first one? Yeah, sure. So we mentioned this last week. We're going to try to incorporate listener questions into every episode going forward. Uh, this week, we have a few short ones. So we we got three of them in this time around, and we're going to do them before the uh, the full draft walkthrough. So the Wolverine, Wolverine, I, I'm not sure how this is intended to be pronounced. Sorry, buddy. But um, <laughs> let us know in the Discord. It, Just say it halfway in between. The, like the Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> what it, anyway, the Wolverine asks, what are your recommendations on ratios of creatures to non-creature spells, and how do you determine that while drafting? For me, typically you want somewhere around like 13 plus creatures in a deck, depending on the deck. Now, most decks don't really want more sp- more non-creature spells than creature spells, the exception being like the blue-red spells matter deck that almost always wants the opposite ratio. But typically you want you want creatures because they're the bread and butter of limited. Yep. Now, this format is a little bit different where sometimes the exact number count will be a little bit higher uh, because you you might be playing like a, a modal DFC creature or an Andu cleric or something like that. But typically, I would never really want to go below 13 creatures in any given limited deck. Yeah. More is better in most cases. But yeah, 13, I think, is that minimum sweet spot that you feel comfortable being in. As far as determining that while drafting, I don't think you really do. You tend to have that number in your head before drafting. Like we're talking about that completely outside the context of a, of a draft. And what you want to do is if you realize you're not in a spells matter deck and you're low on creatures, your, your draft picks just shift to prioritize creatures. So you can mm-hmm. hit that number. Yeah, that's why it's important to never really follow any given I don't know, rating system for creatures. Uh, while it's good to know that something is like an A or a B or a C, uh, if you're looking at like, I don't know, a green red deck and you have a million non-creature spells, well then a two mana two two is going to jump up in, in quality over maybe say another five drop kill spell. Yeah, all, all those rating scales and uh, pick orders and things are important, but they're contextual. So mm-hmm. you need to keep keep the context of the draft in mind. What's our next, so next one? Up, Smitty282 asks, what's a good curve in non-aggro limited? So, I mean, in M21, everyone was just jamming one drop, two drop, three drop, four drop, kill you, right? But in non-aggro limited, what's a good curve? Yeah, so typically your curve kind of looks the same. I think in non-aggro limited, you're not so lopsided on the the low end of the spectrum, your one, two, three drops. Um, But typically you want kind of a bell curve around the three drop slot where most of your cards are in the three drop slot and then you have kind of an equal number of twos and fours, maybe a few more twos than fours. You don't really need one drops in most most formats, although we've seen a few solid playable one drops in the last few sets. Um, mm-hmm. And then you want like maybe one or two five drops and one to no six plus drops. So I'm thinking back to Dominaria, where uh, I would definitely consider that a non-aggro limited format, mm-hmm. where sometimes it, I remember in the beginning of the format, people just weren't playing one or two drops and they were just going like three drop, four drop, five drop bomb, six drop bomb, seven drop bomb, because yeah. those existed in the format. And it was pretty slow where people could do that. Then as the format started to adjust, obviously draft is self-correcting. Everyone is starting to learn what the format is like and then taking other things higher than other things. And then certain decks like all six drop bombs become unplayable because people are starting to punish that with more aggressive decks. So uh, there's this kind of balancing act between uh, a more aggressive format and a more slow format. In any format, there's going to be a good spread of decks. So I would say that in a non-aggro limited deck, uh, that was a pretty rare case. Usually you're still going to want to play two drops, but sometimes it can skew a little bit heavier on the top end. Typically, though, uh, recommend sticking with your two threes and four drops. Those are your bread and butter of your limited curve. Yep. So lastly, McShu asks, do you think this is an 18 land format? Well, when you say land, (laughs) what exactly does that mean? That was exactly my response as well. Mm -hmm. So I've been finding myself playing somewhere between 17 to 19 lands most often. I think I had one draft where I had 20 lands, uh, but that's because I had like six MDFCs. Mm -hmm. So again, it's very context dependent. It's possible that you go an entire draft with maybe not actually having any MDFCs in your deck. Like maybe the one you opened, you took a bomb over it, and then 
everyone else just took all the other ones, which I mean, given how high these things are rated right now by a lot of the pros and commentators might actually happen. In which case, just play your normal 17 lands. I think if MDFCs didn't exist in this format and everything was just as is face value, it'd probably be like a 17 land format still. Maybe 18 if you really wanted to grind with kicker and that kind of thing. Yeah, but- I, I think it's it's probably closer to a 17 land format that allows you to ramp quite a bit so you don't really feel terrible playing more lands, but you could also afford to play less. And then with the MDFCs, you also have, you know, essentially you can you can end up with like 20 21 22 sources but not actually be stuck on those as lands so i think typically you're playing 17 or 16 basics if we want to talk about lands as basics you're playing like 16 or 17 of them typically maybe 18 Mm -hmm. occasionally but then you have like you said like three plus mdfcs and you're really running 20 plus sources yeah it's it's kind of weird um there's also that there's a bunch of effects like you mentioned that that ramp you or do other types of things. Uh, what's the common that goes and gets a land? I know there's like Vastwood Surge, but um, yeah, that one, that's yeah. another one with Kicker, right? It gets, gets Reclaim the Wastes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Reclaim the Wastes, for example. Sometimes if I have like one or two of those, I might consider that kind of like a land unless I'm really tight on colors if I'm uh, trying to do some kind of splashing nonsense. But overall, I would say this question is... Coming at it from, from an interesting angle, right? I think if we're not evaluating MDFCs, yeah, I'd say it's a usual 17 land format. But because of their presence in this, uh, you have to kind of think about it. And, you know, that's exactly what we're going to be doing for the rest of this episode as we evaluate our picks, right? Yeah, definitely. So that's a good segue. We'll, we'll move into the walkthrough here. One thing of note, because we're going to be doing a premiere draft on Arena, our picks are timed. So we're not going to have the time to read out every, every card. We're going to try to alternate... Ben and I describing valuable cards in the pack, but we won't have the time to explain all the cards or read every card in the pack, most likely. So bear with us on that. The first few packs, we might be able to do something of that nature, but going forward throughout the draft, we won't have the time. So if you need, just pause the, pause the episode, hit up Scryfall, check out the cards we're talking about, and continue listening. We're also probably going to be finding a way to share this draft in some way. Uh, maybe our, our 17 lands uh, log of it in some way on our Discord, maybe. Yeah, we'll definitely have it on the Discord. I'll probably post it on Twitter as well. Sweet. I'm ready when you are. Okay, so we're jumping into the draft here. Get our fancy basic and wait for the table to fill up. Yeah, so that's nice. We, what, I like that they're giving out those those full art lands for just joining drafts. Do we get all of them eventually? Yeah, I think you get all five. or one. I don't know if you get all the different arts or if you just get the f- like one for each uh, color. But what are we hoping to open here? What is the best card in the set? Drana? What about the uh, Shatter Skull Smashing, the, the Flip Red Land? Yeah, that, that's up there too. The Mythic cy- the, the mythic Land Cycle is all pretty busted. Okay, well, we have a Valakut Exploration. Uh, hmm. Surefooted Infiltrator, Umara Wizard is up there for me. Otherwise, the pack looks kind of meh, actually. Tazim Yeah, Raptor, there's a, a Chilling Hunter. Trap. Hmm. I think I'm just on Umara Wizard. Yeah, Valakut Exploration is sweet, but... I don't know. I think this is actually a pretty close pick between Umara Wizard and Exploration. I, I don't think I'd fault you for taking either here, but the Wizard is obviously very good. It fits right into this category of great early as a tap land, great late as a 4-3 often flyer. Passing the rare, uh, which is pretty serviceable. Eh, I don't know. The, the, the Valakut Exploration seems solid, but Umara Wizard is just, I don't know. It's so versatile. I think we could go either way here. Yeah, I think I'm on Umara Wizard. There aren't any other blue cards in the pack, so we're not really like showing i think we're showing too much of a signal if we ever wanted to get into blue whereas the only red cards in this pack are the exploration and a teeter peak ambusher there aren't really any red or blue cards here so i think taking either of the two is good because we're not passing any good cards of that color and here we get past a thundering spark mage which is great for us if we want to stay in the wizard red blue wizards thing we also see a colony ambush a course celebrant risen riptide a deadly alliance this royal is a very eruption good pack. yeah Mm, lots of options. Three good removal spells in Royal Eruption, Colony Ambush, and Deadly Alliance. The Spark Mage is also good if we want to try to cut wizards this early, though. I'm probably between Ambush and Royal Eruption here myself, but Deadly Alliance is also great. I don't know. Uh, we could go with any of these three good kill spells. Maybe the Spark Mage if you really wanted to try to cut the wizards thing. Yeah, I guess the question is, do we want to stick heavy on the instant sorcery wizard thing, or do we want to just prioritize the MDFCs and try to stay open that way? Probably correct to take the ambush here, but I don't know. Could go either way. I think blue green can also be a pretty serviceable wizards deck. Uh, yeah. You can all, you can get a good number of wizards in blue green. So we took the ambush there, and here we see a vine gecko, a shell shield which we don't really want, an ardent electromancer in red, 
Synchronized Spellcraft, which is a decent removal spell. There's a Nahiri's Binding, which we're not really close to playing at this point. Yeah, interestingly, I would have suspected that white was being cut, but there's a Nahiri's Binding in this pack. Maybe people are undervaluing it a little more than I am, but I think I'm probably on the Vine Gecko here. This looks like it could be an into like a blue-green kicker slash wizards, instants, and sorceries type thing, where... We've seen two good green cards be passed in, in County Ambush and Vine Gecko. We're also seeing some red stuff. Uh, Spellcraft is fine. I've been impressed with the Electromancer, and the Expedition Champion's not bad. I'm probably on the Gecko here myself. Yeah, I think I am too. We're not really in a Wizards deck at this point, and th the Spellcraft is serviceable but also passable. Mm -hmm. Both of those red cards care about party, which red-green isn't super close to getting. All right, next up we have... Ooh, this is a pack. We have Low Mage's Domination in blue. We have Canopy Bailoth and Kazandu Stomper in green. Now, either of those are great. I think all three of those cards are super solid. We have two MDFCs, so the Stomper goes up in my book. There's also a Marasa Brute if we wanted the three drop, but I don't think we're on that. Domination seems cool, but I haven't come close to casting it yet. What, what do you think is the pick here? I don't know we're super set up for the rogues for the domination, unfortunately. I think I'm probably on the Stomper at the Bailoth here. Also in this pack, there is some blue stuff, Shell Shield, Anti-Cognition, some decent black cards in uh, Ghastly Gloomhunter and Gul'dra's Mucklord. But I'm probably between the, the Bailoth and the Stomper here. Now, as for which... Um, I think I'm on Bailoth because we're not really in blue yet and blue has been dry. So we might mm -hmm. not play the wizard. We're probably always playing the wizard, but <laughs> you, you know, you never, you never know. Ooh, here we see... So we're into pack five now. We have an Expedition Diviner, which has been a solid card. We have a Kazandu Nectar Pot and a Territorial Scythe Cat. There's also a Spitfire Lagak in red. I think I'm on between Diviner and Scythe Cat here, but Scythe Cat's so good. Mm -hmm. I've really liked the Scythe Cat. I think we may be able to pick up some Diviner-esque cards, and right now we only have the one of the Wizard in Umara Wizard. Like I said, we're getting past green cards. I love Scythe Cat. I say take it. Yeah, like, again, the blue, the only blue card here is Expedition Diviner, so it kind of seems like blue's not very open. And we're sticking to a single color here by staying with the green uh, Landfall card, and it, it pairs well with the rest of the cards we've picked. Mm -hmm. In this la next pack, we see a Core Celebrant, an Allied Assault in white. We have a Pyroclastic Helian, but there are no good green cards as a Broken Wings. And a Seafloor Stalker is all we have in blue. So I think I'm on the Helian here, personally. We might see this leading us into a red-blue deck. i uh, sorry, a red-green deck. Yeah, I agree. I'd probably take the healing here. Everything else in this pack is pretty weak. We're pretty far from doing a core celebrant type thing. Uh, that pairs best with black. In green white, it's decent, but you're not really triggering any of the good payoffs. Besides that, there's some just mediocre combat tricks. Uh, Tuck Tuck Rebel Fort, historic constructed all-star, is unfortunately <laughs> not as good in draft. So yeah, I'd say take the Hellion. Yeah, we snatch up the Hellion here. In this next pack, we see a Nissa Zendikon in green. That's our only green card. And in blue, we have a Negate and a Tazim Royal Mage. Notably, there also are no red cards in this pack. There's a Shepherd of Heroes in white, which we're not really looking to play here. So it's probably between the Royal Mage and the Zendikon here. There's also Spare have... Supplies and Utility Knife in, in Artifacts. Yeah, neither of those have impressed me very much. Uh, I think I'd probably take the Royal Mage myself here. Getting back something like Cowley Ambush in the late game can be pretty sweet. And it pairs well with our Vine Gecko. Mm-hmm. Seems like the pick here. Next, we have an into, a late into the Royal and wow, Gnarly right. Colony. So the kicker deck might still be a thing. We might Can be we just take this whole pack? We've got a Skyclave Plunder, which I found pretty playable, even when you don't have that many creatures in your party, which we don't yet. And there's also a Gnarlid Colony. One of my best decks of this format was uh, just all in on Gnarlid Colonies, the blue to green uncommon. And that was really it. I, I had, I think, five Gnarlid Colonies. <laughs> Yeah, it I don't know. Awesome. I think the pick is into the royal here. We don't have any real removal besides the colony ambush, and colony's relatively replaceable. Mm -hmm. Into the royal also goes well with the royal mage. True. Okay, next pack we have, we're pick nine here. We have Chilling Trap in blue, Strength of Solidarity, and Turn Timber Ascetic in green, and no red cards. Our wizard count isn't really getting there. Royal mage is a wizard, right? It is. So I could see us eventually having enough blue cards, uh, blue wizards to make the chilling trap good. It also goes well with the Mara wizard. Turns into aesthetics kind of mediocre. Ooh, here we have a late risen Riptide being passed back. We wield that uh, in pe uh, for pick 10 here, and I think that's probably our pickup. Um, mm -hmm. In red, we have a Molten Blast, and there's a Skyclave pickaxe in green in this pack. But risen Riptide is going to go well with our kicker sub theme that we're trying to put together here with Into the Royal and Vine Gecko, as well as the Royal Mage. So I think that's just a solid pickup for us. Yep. Next up, wow, we see a Skyclave Shadow Cat going fourth from last pick. I've actually really liked this card in black-green, but it is kind of like a black-green gold card. It doesn't fit in too well anywhere else. 
We also see a chilling trap, which I think is probably the pick here. Unless uh, you wanted to hedge and take the shadow cat. For example, we could maybe open the black green rare next pack. Wow, we opened a, or we, we wheeled a Kazandu Stomper. There's also Spell Shield and Seagate Banneret left in this pack. It's Banneret, right? Or is it something yeah. else? Yeah, it's Banneret. Okay. Shell Shield's good as a kicker card, but Stomper's better if we can pick up more of these uh, these flip cards of the MDFCs. And last, or close to last year, we get a Kazandu Nectar Pot wheel. And our last pick is a Mesa Lynx, which we won't play. So into pack two, we <laughs> see... Archive wow, it? Yeah, it's just all over white cards. What, what is this? White card constructed pack? This looks like some nonsense. Let's read these out. Yeah, we have an Archon of Amiria, a Core Blade Master, the McKinney Stampede is our MDFC. There's a Cargan War Leader here, Farsight Adept. And then in blue, that's all in white. <laughs> we have a, a Cascade Seer in blue. And then in green, we have a Canopy Bailoth and a Gnarled Colony, as well as a Might of Marasa. I think here. I'm between the Canopy Bailoth and the Gnarled Colony. It kind of feels bad to pass some of these other uncommons, and we could probably make a case to play the McKinney Stampede, but I think the mm. Bailoth and the Gnarled Colony, I think the Colony's probably where we want to be with the Riptide and Into the Royal and all the other stuff we have going on. Yeah, this is not the kind of pack you want to open, but I think I'm on the Colony myself. We can probably pick up another Canopy Bailoth at some point, but I think Gnarled Colony has impressed me in this deck. Yeah, it feels bad to pass a Deadly Alliance here, but... Uh, we're not really in black or close to it. And now we get a branch loft pathway passed to us, which is the green white uh, rare dual land. There's a ravager's mace, which we aren't playing. There's a royal eruption, which we could maybe splash. Another gnarled colony, which feels bad. Um, a shell shield. I don't know. What are you thinking here? There's a feed the swarm in the pack as well. Black seems open mm -hmm. this way, but. I don't hate the royal eruption. I think that royal eruption is probably going to be the pick here. I think it's just so much better than gnarled colony. With all the white uh, floating around, I could see taking a branch loft pathway and just hoping to be able to make a splash off of that. Possible. I think I'm on the eruption here myself still. Something about, like, we're, we're a little short of removal. We have, what, Ambush chilling trap? Chilling trap. <laughs> into the yeah. rail. Yeah. I think eruption will be fine. And it's often best in the late game where you are kicking it anyway, so That's you true. don't have to worry about getting red source that early. And it fits our kicker shell as well. In this mm -hmm. next pack, we have a Skycleave Plunder, a Spike Field Hazard, there's a Nectar Pot, a Dauntless Survivor. Skyclave Sentinel has been great in the kicker deck and mm -hmm. a Deliberate as well as a Glacial Grasp. I think I'm kind of on the Skyclave Sentinel here. All right. Allow me to make a case for Spike Field Hazard. Go for it. So there's a lot of X1s in this format. Imagine your opponent goes turn three, uh, Territorial Scythe Cat, and you get to take it out with your land, right? Now, this is also pretty good in that we kind of mentioned this in our last episode, but when you don't have the red source for this, you just play it tapped. And, yeah, and then it's going to splash your eruption and our helium here. Exactly, yeah. And then you play it tapped, and then you can actually play the pyroclastic helium off of it to pick it back up. Mm -hmm. So that was the pick there. We see a late Malakir rebirth-ish. I guess it's kind of late. Uh, another Shadow Cat going around. There's a Tazim Raptor. And then in blue, we have Deliberate and Living Tempest. Not really excited about either of those cards, although Deliberate can be okay. I haven't been super impressed with Living Tempest. And there's only a Strength mm -hmm. of Solidarity and a Skyclay Pickaxe in green. We're not really looking to take either of those. No, I do not like this pack one bit. We don't so, really need the five drops either. No, I, I don't want well, to take Deliberate here, but Malakir Rebirth, <laughs> that we seem pretty far actually, away from doing that, right? I, I actually pick, think though. that is the pick. We can potentially splash black off of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fine. If we don't play it, we don't play it. Just we're not better losing. than all those other things we're trying to do here, yeah. Okay, we now get, we we get set up. We get the reclaim. We get a reclaim the waste. We also get a second chance at a Skyclave Sentinel. There's a Nahiri's Binding in this pack. Lull Mage's Domination and a Kabira Takedown. Are we willing to move into five colors for Kabira Takedown? <laughs> I don't. I don't think we're in five colors. I don't even think we're close at this point. We can easily not play the Malakir Rebirth. We don't. We just took that as a hedge against potential good black cards in the future. We could take I the takedown and prioritize splashing the white, but reclaim the waste I'd is good. I'd take reclaim the wastes here. Yeah, this just seems like the best way to make sure we're actually able to do our game plan. Yeah. Here we see another risen riptide, a Tazim Royal Mage, Seagate Colossus, a Spoils of Adventure pack, uh, pack two pick six. There's a practice tactics and a concerted defense. I'm kind of on Riptide here. We've picked up quite a few of these uh, kicker cards, and we can continue to prioritize them into the next pack. It seems like our deck doesn't have a, a super solid plan yet, but a lot of these green creatures do want to be beating down. So I think the way this deck is going to win right now is playing out some of these early threats like Gnarled County and Vine Gecko, Scythe Cat, and Risen Riptide, and then starting to kick spells to just start chunking in for big amounts of damage at once. Yeah, this pack is kind of crappy for us here. We see a Concerted Defense and a Seafloor Stalker in our colors, and that's about it. We could 
take the mm-hmm. Goldraz Mucklord and hope to uh, splash it off the Malachi Rebirth, but I don't think that's strong enough to warrant the splash. Yeah, I take the Stalker here. We may not play it, but we might get some really good party enabler that we want it for later. Yeah, yeah, it does work a little bit for that sort of thing. And it stays on color. No problem there. Ooh, a late wow. Marasa Sproutling for us here. And that's probably going to be the pick compared to a Might of Marasa or a Cascade Seer. Mm-hmm. So it looks like the blue-green kicker deck is open. Uh, everyone saw the Sproutling and either took something better over it or didn't take it. So looks like white is, wow, still open. We got another Cargan Warleader. McKinney Stampede is still in the pack. And Farset is depth, which I've actually really liked. Three mana, three, three that draws cards. It's a good way for white to get wizards as well. That being said, I don't think we actually want many of these things in here. I don't see us ever casting McKinney Stampede. Maybe the squid. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just really take matter. the Stampede. We don't, we don't need it. But uh, here we see a Ghastly Gloom Hunter, which actually isn't a terrible selection for the splash off the rebirth, given that it has kicker, but it's hard to kick. I think Shell Shield's mm-hmm. probably just the pick here. We can use a Shell Shield. Uh, I've gotten blown out by this every once in a while. I don't love it, but Ooh, we have a late 11. Skyclave Plunder here. Yeah, that's probably the pick over a Deliberate. Yeah, I found that Skyclave Plunder as a top end uh, for decks like this can be good to just reload your hand. And we wield the Living Tempest, which I guess we'll pick up at this point. Uh, we see a Base Camp and a Dauntless Unity. We're not really playing either of them. I'll just snag the Uncommon for my collection. And a yep. Last Pick Royal Mage, which might actually make the cut for us. Ooh, wow. here we go. That McKinney Stampede paying dividends. We see a Linvala sh- Shield of Seagate, which maybe we want here. There's a Palaka Predation as well. Uh, a Veteran Adventurer, which is a great card. I've been very happy with that. Another Risen Riptide. Mm-hmm. Turn Timber Acetic and a Synchronized Spellcraft. I think we're pretty handily in blue-green at this point with the slight red splash. So I don't know if I want to pick up the Palaka Predation or even the Linvala. But the Veteran Adventurer mm-hmm. is great. I would not be upset taking that here. Not sure we want the third Risen Riptide compared to the Veteran Adventurer. What do you think? The Adventurer here. Would you believe me if I said I cast this for two in one turn? I I mean, it's possible. It certainly is. <laughs> I, I actually did it, and uh, it was awesome. Yeah, I like this card. Uh, I think it's our pickup here. Sorry, uh, Linvala. Maybe next time. We got past a Swarm Shambler, which could be a pickup for us. A nice little one drop. Uh, Zoth Consumption as well. There's a Bubble Snare, which is huge. Also a Jiraga Visionary and a Gnarled Colony in this pack. For us as well. I really like Swarm Shambler. I've been pretty happy with this. I've, I've played with it, I think, three times now, and I've loved it every single time. Best in the counters deck, but on its own, it just starts ticking up, and you do get paid off if they ever try to remove it. Yeah, I haven't had the pleasure of playing it yet, so uh, we're passing up the Bubble Snare, which is also very good for our deck, though. Uh, mm-hmm. We might be able to get that back, but it's pretty premier in blue decks, so I doubt we'll see it again. I mean, we did wheel the Marasa Sproutling, so I wouldn't be surprised if we wheel a Draga Visionary or Gnarled Colony out of this pack. That's true. Here we get past the Roost of Drakes. Oh, boy. We're doing it. Roost of Drakes. You're not even going to talk see... about the Mythic that we okay, got look, past? <laughs> I was getting there. We also see a Seagate Stormcaller, the 2-1 for 2 with Kicker that lets you copy your spells. There's a Cunning Geyser Mage in this pack, a Salundi Vision, this is Zendikon. This is a tough pick. Think we so our only instance in sorcery is that we could do with the storm caller. Let's see, we have chilling trap, spell shield, rebirth, spikefield hazard, reclaim the waste. I guess it's kind of sick. Into the royal, rail eruption. We have options, but none of those are really worth doing. Also, I don't know if anyone else is going to want this. I think we're on the roost of Drakes here. That card yeah. is awesome in the blue green kicker deck. Yeah, you. I don't know how you pass that in this in this shell. Mm-hmm. Salundi Visions is also very good, but I think we need some big payoff. And speaking of which, uh, we, we got another solid pickup for our Blue Green Kicker deck. We have a Bubble Snare. Also in this pack, we have, uh, let's see, a Relic Golem, Seafloor Stalker in blue. Nothing super <laughs> good here for the other colors. We've got a Broken Wings and a Strength of Solidarity as well. Yeah, I think Bubble Snare is just the pickup here. Definitely. Moving into pick five, we see an Umara Mystic, which we could actually we could actually play in this deck. There's another Bubble What's Snare. What's our and Sorcery count? And our creature count. We're at 17 creatures, 13 non-creatures, but we're, we're not including potential cuts here. So mm-hmm. we're probably not playing the Stampede at this point or the Malakir Rebirth. Probably not. We were being a little ambitious there. I think the Hazard is probably fine and the Royal Eruption maybe two. Maybe one Mountain and then Reclaim the Wastes off that. I'm on either Bubble Snare or the Mystic here. I think, you know, we, we do want a handful of Wizards running around. Yeah, we'll snag the, the Mystic there. We also Now we see a Cunning Geyser Mage or a Turn Timber Ascetic. We could play the Ascetic for another 5-drop, but we actually have quite a big top end at this point uh, between mm-hmm. the, the Umara Wizard, a Pyro Classic Helion that we might play, a Skyclave Plunder, and then the Stomper and a Veteran Adventurer. So I kind of like yeah, the Geyser Mage. Definitely on the Geyser Mage here. The best part about Blue-Green is that it has its own top end, right? right. The, the Kicker spells are all super versatile. 
Yeah, and that's another wizard for the for the mystic. Um, mm-hmm. Next pack, we see a living tempest and Nissa Zendikon, along with another pack that has spare supplies and utility knife. I've actually seen the two of them together quite a lot. It's a little weird. <laughs> little Zendikar adventuring package. There's nothing here that we want. You can just take the Zendikon, maybe. Took the Zendikon because we only have a single four drop at this point. Hmm. Next pack, we see a Cascade Seer, which is another four drop we might want. Uh, a Kazandu Nectar Pot at two, but we have quite a lot of ones, twos, and threes, so we might want to lean a little heavier at this point. We don't have any ramp spells, which kind of sucks. I might uh, take the Seer the here. Ways. Yeah, I think Seer is the pick. We have I the think I'd play ways, it over the Zendikon, at least. Yeah, and here's another Risen Riptide. Happy to pick up a third of those uh, yep. compared to pretty much nothing else in the pack. Next pack, this is pack three, pick ten. We see Cascade, another Cascade Seer, Azulaport Duelist, and a Tuk Tuk Rubble Fort in our colors. <laughs> Probably just taking another Cascades here, but likely not playing it. Here we wow, see... another uh, Cunning Geyser Mage. Yeah, another another Geyser Mage, which we're happy to take. Again, might not make the cut, but um, we're we- rounding out this pack here with a few things for the sideboard. Nothing really worth mentioning. Negate and Zendikon. All right, this is a, this is a solid little blue-green kicker deck. Yeah, we've got the little red splash going. We're going to need to make some cuts. We're currently sitting at 52 out of 40 cards for the deck. <laughs> Um, including lands and all that. So um, let's take a look here. We've got, well, let's let's sort by creature. Uh, we can take a look. We've got quite a few creatures. We're looking at a 23-12 split on creatures to non-creatures. So we, we probably want to start cutting creatures. Get that Living Tempest out of there. Yeah, Living Tempest probably isn't making the cut. Uh, we could probably cut a Cascade Seer and maybe a Geyser Mage. I've really liked Geyser Mage. Although we uh, don't want the anything... Stalker either. Yeah, the Stalker's got to go. The Nectar Pot we don't really care about. Yeah, I'd lose the Nectar Pot as well. And then as far as non-creatures go, could probably afford to cut a Chilling Trap or two, but we we do have like a slight little Wizards thing going. How many Wizards do we have? We have... Yeah, what's our final sub count in Wizards? We have two Royal Mages, a uh, one Geyser Mage, so that's three. The Umara Mystic itself and the, the Cascade Seer puts us to five, and then the Umara Wizard, uh, which is six. Good enough to play one chilling trap at least. Yeah, so we cut one of those. We see a spike field hazard, which we could probably count as a land here, given that we don't actually need very many red sources. So we could play like the spike field hazard in two mountains. I'd probably just play one. We also have the reclaim the waste, which is definitely gonna That's make true. it. In. Yeah, I'd cut this Zendikon as well. Yeah, Zendikon. Do we have a second bubble snare? I could have sworn we got two of those. Uh, we ended up passing the second for something else i can't remember what we picked up instead oh well uh we do have a lot of one drops here uh unfortunately but i guess roost of drakes we're playing as a four drop because mm-hmm. we we look to kick that as much as possible part of me actually thinks that we want that second cunning geyser mage i think it's just so good with the riptides and the roost of drakes i believe it or not i'm actually looking at cutting the scythe cat here really what's your reasoning there but over the the geyser mage so Scythecat is obviously an amazing aggressive card. You want to just kind of let this thing sit around. If it doesn't have good attacks, you just wait. You just don't swing in. Don't trade with it. Play more lands until it eventually becomes a big threat. But I've noticed in this format that tempo is pretty key to winning games out of nowhere. Sometimes there's hasty threats or sometimes there's big pump effects like Risen Riptide or um, uh, the Umara Mystic, that type of thing. So we're almost going to be tempo chunking them down rather than just playing like fair green creatures, right? Even yeah, Canopy Bayloth kind of plays into that. Rather than play this uh, three drop that does actually have to wait a few turns before getting in for any significant amount of damage, one for ones are not really what you want to be doing in this format. You want to find ways to either kind of get tempo card advantage or find actual two for ones. Yeah, I agree. The um, the Geyser Mage also fits our wizard sub theme. It fits the kicker sub theme, and we're not really looking to be aggressive. So the 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 Sky Cat is a little, or the Scythe Cat is a little bit uh, out of place here. Mm-hmm. We c- I could see cutting a Royal Mage, but it does tick down on both the kicker and the wizard uh, counts for us. We need to make two cuts at this point, and we're looking at uh, how many lands do we have in the deck at the moment? We have 8, 14, 15, 16, 17, if you include all the MDFCs. So you probably want to add a land or two as well. So we're probably looking at three or four more cuts. So we have the Reclaim the Wastes. We have Colony Ambush and Umara Wizard and Spikefield Hazard. So we have three MDFCs, one Reclaim the Wastes, which is tough to know if you can count it as land or not. I uh, Maybe it's like half a land. I don't know. And then what are we at? 14 basics yeah so that's like 18 sources so yeah we might want to go back up a land now i'm starting to second guess myself on the mountain now i would say we could add a mountain and then cut something 
Pyroclastic Helion might be cuttable in this deck. How often are we going to have that in hand and a kicker card and not just want to kick the card instead? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I guess it also comes down to how frequently are we going to want to play the Ambush and the Wizard and get them back. We do have a Kazandu Stomper, so we don't really need the Helion for that. I think actually cutting the Helion here is fine because then we... We're a little more comfortable with two red cards, and then and the uh, one every once in a while, we'll have the spike field hazard after we draw our mountain or reclaim the wastes. Yeah, I agree. That seems I think we like cut the spell way. shield or the shell shield here. I, I don't love shell shield. Yeah, it's a bit weak. What's our kicker count at? We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and it looks like eleven is the count we're at right now, and that seems solid enough to me. Uh, we could cut one card to add a land. At this point, we're sitting at the 18 sources, I think is where we're at. We have what's, uh, what's basics, 15, 16, 17. We're looking at 17 sources plus the Reclaim the Waste. What's Veteran Adventurer doing for our deck? I, I hate cutting this guy, but I just want to take a look at our, at our creature type count. Could you pull up the stats on that real quick? Yeah, sure. So let's see. We have three. I think it's just Wizard is all we're running. <laughs> I was going to say, we have a lot of, of animals in this deck. We got beasts and elementals, but I think we literally don't have a single rogue or warrior. No, we right? only have, we don't have any clerics either. We literally only have wizards. <laughs> wow. Okay. In that case, I think it's just a five out of five, five vigilance in that deck. Yeah. Uh, and we don't even have, we have a single rogue we could pull in, which is the seafloor stalker, but I think we're cutting something that's way better than it to bring it in. So I, I don't actually think case, it's worth doing. Yeah. I think it might be cut the veteran adventurer and then add in something. Add in an island or something. Do we want to go up a, up a mana source? I think we can pretty comfortably here. Yeah, kicker decks they they don't mind drawing a lot of lands and and kick, like a kicker deck doesn't mind playing its sixth or seventh land all the time. Yeah. So for example, like cunning geyser mage, and then the next turn after you go like another cunning geyser mage into bubble snare your thing. But that's a way to win some games. Yeah, and actually, is what land to add? I think. Looking at the sources we have here, I think we're going to want to add, a, add an island. But with the Umara wizard, we could afford to add a forest and then keep... We would be keeping parity with islands and forests like green and blue sources in our deck. There's a chance we want to add a mountain so that we could occasionally royal eruption on turn two. But we have the spikeful has, we have a mountain, and we have reclaim the waste. So right now we're playing two red pips off of three red sources-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe adding a mountain here is the call. Possibly. I'm, I'm just trying to think of situations where like we have two green one drops, we have two blue one drops, and then we have a bunch of we have a bunch of blue and green two drops. I, I'm worried that we're going to run into a situation where we're going to have that extra mountain and hope it uh, wish it was something else. But yeah, OK, yeah. I, I totally see that. Like how, how frequently do we actually want the Royal Eruption on two as opposed to like pushing out a Vine Gecko or something? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess that's I guess fair, so. though, because like. We we don't really want to play into the royal on two, and we don't really want to play the royal mage on two if we can help it. The only other card that we actually like, we have the royal eruption, and we have the vine gecko as cards that we really want to play on two. Yeah, it's pretty close here. Hey, I've got an idea. How about we put this on our Discord and let the listeners give us some uh, some insight on this? I'd love to hear what other people have to say. Yeah, um, that's that's viable. We could actually also one other thing we could do here is bring in a cascades here. It helps with our curve a bit because our our curve looks pretty good up to three, and then it kind of climbs down a bit. I'd like to see another four drop as as a way to make our curve look nicer. Remember, bubble snare is a four drop, and into the royal uh, is a four drop. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot of options in five for four and drops. six. Yeah, in five and six, we have Narlid Colony, Cunning Geyser Mage, that type of thing. Yeah. Re Reclaim the wastes is a four drop. I think this deck's curve actually looks pretty good. I think I'm on the extra land here myself. Just yeah, a question let's, of what. I, I think it's an island, but we can kick it back. Let's see what the uh, see what the, the, the listeners think. If you're listening and you'd like to offer some insight on this deck, hop in our Discord. Follow us on Twitter and all that sorts of stuff where I'm sure Zach will be posting the results of this deck. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, the, the draft log will be there as well, both the Discord and Twitter. So if you kind of miss something that we were talking about or want to see the full picture of what we were talking about, um, that's the place to do it. But yeah, that's a deck. I think we got something decent. We've got a nice little kicker wizard deck here, and um, hopefully we can pull out a trophy with it. Yeah, I like this. This looks sweet. 
Well, thank you everybody for joining along, but that's about it for us this week. Please, uh, as we mentioned, check out the Discord if you're interested in seeing more about the deck and more uh, just discussion around the format. It's a great place to do that. It's completely free. The link for that server is in the description of the episode as well as on our Twitter page at DraftChaffPod. Check out the Patreon if you're so inclined and would love to give back to the community because most of uh, our, our goals with the Patreon are to give it all back to the community. So anything we get there is going to go back in the form of giveaways and things of that nature. So if that's your, your thing, check that out at patreon.com forward slash draft chaff pod. My name is Zach. I'm here with Ben and that's it for us. We'll Have a good week, week, everyone. So I don't have a sign off idea, but I'm going to put it on you to explain something. <laughs> this is my sign off idea now. I'm going to put it on you to explain something that happened in our game of Commander. Oh, boy. All right. Let me know. What's up? <laughs> so remember that thing you did that that was just absolutely nuts? What, what, what exactly was that? You're going to have to be more specific. That deck does a lot of nuts things. Are you talking about when I when I reset everything? Yeah, let, let, let's let's give the uh, let's give the listeners a good idea of what your deck does by talking about that and what you flipped into. Yeah. So. Essentially, the deck is designed to just generate as much chaos as possible. I don't really care about winning with that deck. I care about making everybody annoyed and like not understand what's going on, including myself. Um, so I, I, I'm not actually 100% what card I played that turn, but I know which, which event you're talking about. But the idea, basically what happened was early in the game, I played a Jace's Archivist, which uh, is a wheel on a stick, basically. So for a blue mana, I can, I can pay blue and tap it to make everybody wheel their hand which means they take their hand put it on the bottom of their library and then draw as many cards as i think jace's archivist is draws as many cards as the most cards any player put away from that effect yeah I, I think so so if the highest number of cards in somebody's hand was six everybody puts their hands on the bottom of their library and then draw six cards that's called a wheel effect for anybody who didn't know that um shortly after that ben got rid of my jace's archivist with a quarantine field and then shortly after that i played a teferi's puzzle box which makes everybody wheel their hand on their upkeep Mm-hmm. Or at the beginning of their draw step, it's kind of weird. You you draw a card and then you wheel your hand. Um, so that was a thing going on for a while, and then shortly after that, my my puzzle box actually became a problem for me, and I convinced one of the other players to destroy my puzzle box so that I could <laughs> cast a card. And I can't remember the name of the card off the top of my head, but I could cast a card that basically said everybody takes all their permanents, lands included, puts them, shuffles them into their deck, and then flips the same number of permanents flips the same number of cards off the top of their deck as the number of permanents that they put away so if you had 15 cards on your side of the battlefield lands included you would take all of them shuffle them under and then flip that many cards and all the permanents that you flipped over just landed on your battlefield all the etb triggers happen all the lands you get are lands you get every that's that's how it goes yeah every now that was it. that was where it started to get really nuts yeah so it's kind of hit or miss ben hit like eight lands off of his nine cards i think uh, i hit a lot i hit some angels but you know that was that was most of it yeah i mean that that was that was pretty much all that happened what else did you want me to want me to cover there what was the, the thing that was like it, it was like everyone's oh, the way i ended the were, game I, I was thinking what everyone's turns were like determined by something with the highest cmc oh, that was all oh oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Then, so that was a different card that's yeah, the deck basically just plays a bunch of enchantments that make really weird things happen on upkeep. Yeah, wait, wait, that's right. So, so, so Zach flipped into some sort of enchantment that made it such that at the beginning of each player's upkeep. at the beginning of each upkeep, yeah, each player reveals the top card of their library and it gets exiled. And the person who has the highest CMC card goes next. They they yeah. take the, an extra turn after this. But the way that works is essentially in that player's extra turn, this this happens again. Yeah, yeah, it triggers so every then, single upkeep. Yeah. And at the same time, you'd also flipped into something that reselected all targeted abilities and spells at random. Yeah. Grip of Chaos. That's an enchantment that says, yeah, any anything that targets a single target, the target gets reselected at random. And there were a bunch of effects flying around because one player was playing a mutate deck. Uh, All removal spells, like single target removal just is literally hit or miss. Like it's just completely random. Uh, There were a bunch of effects that were like target player or target creature. So you have to randomize amongst everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's lovely. It was it was a lot of fun. So everybody's taking random turns. Everybody's randomly casting things. You should tell them how the game ended. Yeah, for so, you at least. So the game ended. I played a game of chaos, which is a 
a three man. It's red, red, red for a sorcery that basically says flip a coin. If you lose the f- uh, basically, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to recite the card because I'm not gonna get it right. Hold on, I, I can pull it up real fast. Okay, it's a wild card. I love it. All right, ready? Uh, so you're right. Red, red, red. Game of chaos. Sorcery. Flip a coin. Target opponent calls heads or tails while the coin is in the air. If the flip ends up in your favor, you gain one life and that opponent loses one life. Otherwise, you lose one life and the opponent gains one life. Effects that prevent or redirect damage cannot be used to counter this, this loss of life. The winner of each round decides whether to continue. Double the stakes in life each round. So... Basically, what happened was I I had to leave for other reasons. Like I was leaving the game anyway, and uh, as my last ditch effort after having wheeled the whole board and making all this chaos happen, I was like, I need to make one last bit of chaos happen, add some entropy into things. So I played game of chaos, uh, target selecting uh, one of the other players at the table, not Ben. And let's see, how did that happen? So we did the we did the flip. And I also had Chance Encounter on the board, which I didn't really pay attention to, but Chance Encounter is an enchantment that says every time you win a coin flip, put a counter on it, and if you have 10 counters on it, you win the game. So Just ridiculous. Yeah, so I should have been keeping track of that because I might have snuck a win out, but anyway, um, what it, what it we, we did the game of chaos, and we kept flipping back and forth. I think it got up to like 32, like we doubled enough to get to 32, uh, the 32-point life swing. And I ended up killing myself with it, so it was pretty great. <laughs> and I got the other player up to like seventy-two life by the end. Yeah, and then we had to deal with this like mutate pile sitting at seventy-two life. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, it, it ended up being a good game after you left. I don't think I filled you in, but um, the Sphinx deck and I, we ended up killing the mutate deck. Uh, we targeted him down from like seventy whatever he was at, thanks to that. And then uh, I was left up against the Sphinx deck. Uh, our friend Kevin, unfortunately. Uh, I managed to get, he kept like bouncing my, my nonsense and uh, I tried to play big angels, but he had a, a, developed a huge board of sphinxes at that point. And uh, he had Unesh Cryo Sphinx Sovereign. So every one of his sphinxes had a factor fiction stapled to it. So he was drawing cards and playing flyers. I managed to get down Brizella, uh, Voice of Nightmares, I believe that thing is. The, the flip meld angel horror Eldrazi nonsense. But uh, it says that your opponents can't cast spells with CMC three or less. He top decked to cast out, and if wow. he hadn't, the, <laughs> if he hadn't, uh, he said he had no answers. But he just flipped the top of his deck, and it was a cast out, which of course, of course, cast uh, costs four mana. Also, so he, had, he had already cast that, that cast out, and I gave it back to him by making him shuffle it back into his library on that whole board sweeping thing. So yeah, so I can blame you for my loss. <laughs>